Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So you need to find the next person to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. It screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for. It looks at things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's why companies rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person today for your business. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team. Terms and conditions reply. Apply. <laughs> Welcome into a Pit Panther Rants and our Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris here. Brought to you by show me to take a seat. Happy, uh, it's early Saturday morning here. It's 1230 a.m. It's raining here in Houston as we need some rain. Excuse me. Um, I believe next Friday is... Uh, Good Friday, I believe. I hope it is. Um, today I went with another, I went with another meatless Friday and had a nice veggie burger. I mean, this thing was delicious. I mean, it's this Filipino Hawaiian place I ordered food from, and like they usually have these soft bayo rolls for their burgers. But for me, I it's I had a veggie burger, so I had like um, it was a big portobello mushroom and stuff with like cheddar cheese and fried and it's topped with whatever you want and it's just freaking phenomenal I mean I I mean it's even better when you have an actual burger patty and they they use this Japanese uh, ground beef for their burgers and stuff is just good and they have some other stuff some other stuff I want to try but I'll get to it eventually um Not much going on in the sports world, I mean, gambling-wise. I mean, you can bet on video games. But one, one thing I've noticed about video games is, in this, in this instance, you got to think like the computer does when they simulate these games and play them. Because just because, you know, for instance, Butler may look like a better team than, say, Clemson. Clemson may end up winning the game because computer thinks, well, you know, Butler's just a freaking uh, a non-power five league, and so, yeah, Clemson wins. So, I mean, it's just the logic of the computer itself. I mean, how they how they rating players and whatnot. So that's what we got going on. Some people are having, you know, poker tournaments online. Those are kicking off. You know, me, I'm still working from home. And I think we're going to be pretty much doing that for a long time. I mean, I mean my, 
Texas schools are closed till May 4th. And my kids started online learning this past week. And they're getting back into the swing of things. I mean, one thing I tell them is this. If you, if you don't, if you, if you, I, I, I mean, with classwork, it's a little different now because the classroom, they're not going by a class schedule now. They have to do it their own leisure. Although my, my oldest, who's in fifth grade, he has to have his homework turned in, submitted by 3 p.m. or he's marked absent for the day. That's how she's doing it. Whereas my second grade teacher for um, my daughter, she doesn't care as long as it's submitted. Because she understands that we got lives. Because I'm trying to work, you know, because we, we have jobs to do. And trying to balance, you know, work, doing your job, doing conference calls, you know, working on your projects. And balancing that and helping your kids with schoolwork. I mean, it's hard. And at least some teachers realize that. But I tell my kids, I'm like, if you want to avoid, you know... I get that you hate classwork, but if you just wake up and just freaking do it first thing in the morning, and, that, and their, their classwork is a bunch of freaking online, cla- you know, it's online material, and I can get it done probably in less than 30 minutes. I said, you guys can get this done probably less than an hour tops. I was, like, and I was like, once you get done and submit your work in, you're done for a day. You can go back to sleep. You can go, you know, go on, you know, expo- you know your Nintendo Switch. Do whatever the hell you want. So, yeah. Now, as far as the Pitt sports world goes, I mean, not much. I mean, Ryan Murphy, he left Pitt. He went. He signed with Tulane. He's going there. Dion Lewis signed a contract with the Giants, and that's good because Daniel Jones is going to have two weapons on his backfield. He's going to have Saquon Barkley, and he's going to have Dion Lewis. Both of those guys can run the ball, and both those both those guys can catch passes out of the backfield. Hell, both of them can line up a receiver and, and catch passes going to slot. So with Dion Lewis, he's getting another weapon. And you know, I obviously you would like to have Odell Beckham back, but I think the Giants are going to be all right. I think that you know. And you know. If they give Daniel Jones some weapons here, spread defenses out, they may, you know, things may be up on up and up for them. Now on the women's side for basketball, Kyla Nelson, she's transferring. Um, we all know her, her story. She battled cancer, and um, and um, she didn't see much playing time this year coming back and I don't think she was going to see much playing time next year either and I think that's probably why she's leaving although one person mentioned probably because Pitt sucks as well because they're not going to be winning and that could be it as well but you know she was a Susie McConnell recruit and I guess she wants to do what's best for her I mean whatever I mean I'm not sure where she'll go but um Possibly Pitt had some other people coming in, and that's just how it is. I mean, Lance White's trying to do what he can to build that schedule and build that roster, build the, rebuild that program because it's, it's, it's hot garbage. Um, obviously, Pitt hoops, women, men's hoops is in the mix for some players as well. I mean, we got to keep an eye on that. 
Jeff Capel said, I guess, Tragus McGowan's, I guess he checked out a while ago, and I guess he was wanting to play point guard for some time. And I guess his brother visiting Pitt recruit and committing to Florida State on his trip wasn't a ringing endorsement of the of how things were going. And and if we're being honest, if you if you add that what happened there, along with all this, it's probably best that Trey moves on. I mean. I wish him well. Obviously, maybe he wanted to play point court or try it, and he just was disenchanted and with how things were going. And hey, something it happens. Where he goes, I hope he does well. Other pit news related: um, two players from Pitters, um, two former pit basketball players, are um, tester NBA waters. Uh, Marcus Carr and Parker Stewart now are um, both testing the NBA waters. Uh, both were Kevin Stallings recruits. They were the, are pretty much our two best players on the O and eighteen ACC squad. Doesn't mean that Pitt screwed up by firing Kevin Stallings. No, I think Kevin Stallings, I think his days were numbered the moment he got a new boss, and it was going to take a monumental effort from him to keep his job and. It just no matter what, it just wasn't going to happen. And of course, with all the rules he was breaking as well, that didn't bode well either. On top of the losing, and plus, I mean, if anything, Marcus Carr and Parker Stewart probably don't end up as NBA prospects under Stallings. They probably went and got better coaching elsewhere. I mean, Parker lit it up where he wherever he transferred to. I saw he was averaging nineteen points a game. Um, Marcus Carr was doing pro up Minnesota. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that just didn't work out for Kevin Stallings. I mean, his first season, the, the season fell apart. And when that happened, recruiting fell apart. They lost Aaron Thompson. So if you have a class of Marcus Carr, Parker Stewart, um, Aaron Thompson, Jerry Wilson Frame, And um, Ryan Luther doesn't get hurt in Stallings' final year. Pitt probably doesn't go 0 18 ACC play. They probably win a few more games. And I think um, he had Daniel Kingsby coming in, and he had uh, Bryce Golden. And Bryce Golden's, um he's doing pretty well where he's at. Kingsby, he's playing at Bradley as a shooting. He's a shooting guard, and Bradley won their um their their, tor- their conference tournament. So we, we would have saw uh, Kingsby playing in the uh, NCAA tournament if there was one, and he was logging in some pretty good minutes. I mean, he was averaging about eight points a game. So there's a lot of um, stuff that just fell apart for Kevin Stallings. I mean, recruiting was. I mean, that first season when things unfolded. Recruiting did as well. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate. But as far as the rest of the sporting world goes, I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I know I've been seeing some memes going around, some stuff about the NHL restarting their season. If they can do it, fine, but things are getting worse now. I mean, the cases just keep going up. And I'm just, I mean, one thing I've been monitoring is the, uh, 
not so much the open cases, but the recovery for the um, for the for the for the COVID. You know how how you know are we gonna see a lot more recoveries? I mean, that's I hope. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hoping for it. I mean, people are saying we're gonna have a, a really big death toll, and I'm not, and I'm not hoping for that at all because that's just no. I would hope not. But yeah, I mean, there's just not much going on. I mean, I mean, for me personally, I mean, this week, I mean, I YouTube has free movies, so I've been watching those. I mean, of course, you have the you have the stupid ads, but whatever. Um. You know, I'm pretty much done with the police academy, as like I said in the last podcast. I mean, everything except for the Russia one, I just can't get into that. I mean, if I'm ranking the police academies, I'm probably going to go with police academy two because the dialogue in the, police, in, the, in the second police academy is really good. I mean, it's really funny. Uh, I go two, probably one. Um, probably going with, um, shoot, police academy three. Then I go four with Citizens on Patrol. And five, probably the Miami one, and six. After the fifth one, which is Miami, the uh, then the last one, which was the uh, I forget what it's called, but it's Police Academy Six, something, something. I don't know. And of course, I watched the Naked Guns as well. They're on Netflix. Any given day, any given Sunday was on. It's off now. Players Club just going on Netflix. Um, what else? The Lethal Weapons 1 through 4 on Netflix as well. And I watched, you know, I watched the first two so far. I never really got into the third or fourth ones, but I guess out of boredom, I'll watch them and see what they're like. But obviously, opening day for the Pirates would have happened this week. And, well, that just ain't happened. None of it is. So, anyways. I mean, I don't see college football starting up either. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, people were talking about the documentary on Will Wade and all Sean Miller and all those guys and how they got away with so much. And of course, Pickett's three years probation over some stupid crap. And there's some times where I just don't care if they restart college basketball or football. You know, they, they, they can all burn hell. Go back to when the colleges were just for education and for the hell with athletics. But all that will be gone the minute uh, sports starts back up and I'm cheering my ass off. Now, if I look at the most crushing moments in Pittsburgh sports, um, I saw a bunch of them. I mean, of course, the Pirates losing Game 7 against the Braves will always be a crushing one. I mean, I was a kid. I had World Series tickets three years in a row, and it just, you know... I went to bed that night when they were winning, and... I woke up and he lost. I can I can just tell because I, if I know when they would they would have won, my parents would have woke me up early to tell me, but it didn't happen. And by the third time when he blew it, I was just kind of numb to it. It was whatever. And after that, the Pirates pretty much dismantled, and that was that was that. I mean I I, I mean I was a huge baseball fan at that point. I love I mean I still love baseball. I mean I like I mean I'm more into the history of the game the ballparks, the players, than I am really the the, new, the newer stuff. I mean, I mean, of course, I do like like the Astros. I mean, I try to support the local team here. I mean, they, they do anything it takes to win. The coin, you know, to put it, you know, 
politically correct, I guess you would say. But, yeah, I mean, I got into street hockey at that time, and I started just playing deck hockey and roller hockey and whatnot. And that's the thing about, you know, when watching those old Pens games, how loud the igloo was and how much, you know, people got into hockey at that point. I mean, there was an article about the 88-89 season for the Pens, and I remember there was a lot of buzz about the Penguins then, and that's how people got really into the sport of it especially here in, you know, and I remember after they won the first Stanley Cup, I mean, hockey got really big here. I mean, just the following did. But as far as crushing the feats, going back to that, I mean, Braves, you know, obviously that's always going to be the one. Um, for me, it was it's going to be the uh, the Scotty Reynolds-Velanova game because that team was so good and you just didn't think that would happen. Um, the Cincinnati game for the for the um, for pit football, I, I mean that was crushing too, but not as bad as the Villanova. The thing about the two thousand nine Cincy game was that with pit football, you just knew something bad was always going to happen, no matter how how much of a lead they had, that they were gonna, that they were going to blow it. They were, they were gonna blow it or barely hold on. I mean, that game, that Notre Dame game, that same year when they played um, Jimmy Clausen, Notre Dame came back in that towards the end. I mean, he made one big hell of a throw, but uh, Pip, you know, was able to uh, put them away. But Cincinnati they had a big lead, and then they they pissed, then they pissed around and let Cincinnati back in the game, and that was that. I mean, I mean, we all knew we all knew we were screwed when that. Andrew Janako muffed the extra point. Because once this thing got the ball, they were just going to drive down the field and beat us. And that's the thing about... Because, you know, that same year, there was a bunch of games like that. I mean, uh, there was the um, NC State game where I think we blew a 14-point lead. I mean, against Russell Wilson. Yeah. And that's the thing about Dave Wonstadt's seasons. His seasons either began in disaster or they ended in disaster. And... I think uh, he got the year he got fired. He got an extension, and I think um, given what was going on off the field with this team and how bad things were starting to really look, I think they just decided to pull the plug on him and or have him do some make some changes. And well, he just ended up you know we ended up looking for a new coach after that. So if I'm looking at crushing defeats, I mean Pirates. Scotty Reynolds. Um, Pitt since he's there too. I mean, Pitt since in 2008 was a bad loss as well. I mean, that was a game they should win as well. I mean, um, what other games are there? There's all the Steelers AFC title games. I mean, the 94 Chargers game is one they should definitely won. Chargers had a hell of a defense. And of course, they caught the Steelers napping on two plays. I mean, the um, obviously the... Alfred Papunu's catch was one of them. I mean, they just... The defense was great, but they got caught napping on some plays, and, well, that's what happened. And for some reason, we couldn't run the ball, and we threw a lot, and... Yeah. And there was the um, the 97 game against Denver, but the thing is, is um, I wasn't... 
we beat them the first time, but I just wasn't expecting to beat them the second time. And we could have. The sad part is we could have beat them the second time around, but Cordell just had a really bad game, and he was never really the same player after that game. He had a little resurgence in two thousand one, but another AFC title game against New England, he didn't. He never recovered from that one either. Screwed with his head as well. Then there was a 2004 AFC title game. For me, that game was more miserable because I sat in that, in that cold weather and they just played like I, I mean, Steelers were struggling towards the end of that game. Not towards the end of the game, but the season, they were struggling offensively, but they were just getting by. And, and of course, they had to face them the second time, and well, that was that. They had game film, they had game film on Ben already, so they can do what they need to do. And that's pretty much what happened with Lamar Jackson this past year. He was on a tear. Eventually, teams got game film on him. And I'm sure probably Belichick probably passed something on to Mike Vrabel. But let's go and let's move away from all that. Because I'm not going to focus on too much on what's going on. Because you go on social media, it's nothing but a bunch of bad news. And people are just mad. Um, I've got some more um, cars to open up. Some more packs. I got a, I got a 1991 Pro Set Series 2. Uh, 91 Fleur Ultra. 91 Upper Deck I'm going to open tonight. Um, Pro Set came out in 1989. And um, they had a really nice set. I mean, it was like um, the Barry Sanders, Detroit Aikman rookie cards were in them. But the problem is, though, is um, like just about any other set, they ever produced them, and they're not worth a whole lot anymore. Um, the the score the score football fright year is probably the most most valuable one. So the pro set series, I mean, the cards were nice, but none, none of them were jack shit. So let's go with this one. This one is from '91, and it's got a sixty cents plus tax um, price tag on it, which means. More than likely, it was at some gas station when they, when they pulled it out. So let's open the first pack, why don't we? Let's see. I got a Mark Bortz, play for the Bears. He was a guard. Jeff Logeman, defensive end for the Jets. Ray Horton, safety for the Cowboys. I think this is the Ray Horton that was a coach for the Steelers at one point. Jerry Holmes, quarterback for, cornerback for the Packers. Oh, I got an art card. A Shane Conlon Pro Set Art Card, All AFC Team. Eugene Robinson, Safety for the Seahawks, I believe he ended up. Did he play a few more? I don't know. That might be a different. There was another Eugene Robinson that was caught with hookers. I don't think this is the one though. Let's see. There's Michael Stewart, Safety for the Rams. Rembert, John, Johnny Rembert, linebacker, Patriots. Danny Noonan, defensive tackle for the Cowboys. What a name. And anything else? Let's see here. Anything else that really sticks out for me? There's NFL Newsreel. Oh, the American Bowl in Berlin. 49ers and Bears. Let's see here. Mike Dumas, safety. Let's see, it's a rookie card. George Thornton, defensive end for the Chargers, rookie card. And another rookie card, Dave McLaughlin. He played for the uh, Colts, cornerback. And, uh, and let's see, in a way, I can score points to win memorabilia. So, 
all in all, a pretty crappy pack. I mean, I did open up a pack of 91 score. And in one pack, I got a Warren Moon, an Alan Pinkett, and a uh, Lorenzo White. So I got the whole Oilers backfield. And I got a Bubby Brister, a Sterling Sharp, Anthony Carter. A really good, I mean, that would be a really good pack of cards if they were worth anything. And now we're going to do 91 through Ultra. Now, back around the late 80s, you had Tops, Flair, and Score. Then the 89 Upper Deck came out out of nowhere. And um, they released these uh, cards that were pr- more premium. They had a hologram on the back, that, so they were counterfeit proof. All the bells and whistles. And, of course, people were collecting Upper Deck because they were, quote-unquote, w- worth more. So Flair, Score, and Tops all got together and released their own pre- premium sets uh, you had Score Pinnacle, you had a Third Ultra, and Top Stadium Club. And the problem is, is they were nice-looking cards, but once again, they over-freaking-produced them. So you're paying more, you know, the paying more for cards that were just overproduced and more jack shit. So, as you can as you sorry for my language, I'm just kind of bitter that, you know, 30 years ago I um, collected all this stuff and it's not worth anything. <laughs> Although some of the hockey sets from the mid, towards the mid-90s like the inserts, they're worth like a lot. Like the classic sets, the classic—they're you know, that's what they were called. Like the autographs and stuff like that, they're they're doing pretty good. I mean, the, the Lemieux wrote the Lemieux autographs for like Leaf and classic. They're still—they got some. They're worth some money. So I got ninety-one Flair Ultra, and I looked on eBay, and of course, these packs aren't really commanding anything, to say the least. So, let's open them. Let's see what we got. Let's see. Brian Noble, Packers linebacker. Mark Rippon, quarterback Redskins. Joy Browner, Vikings defensive back. Steve Walsh, Saints quarterback. Wow, I'm getting some uh, some pretty, um, that's not a bad draw there. I mean... There's some no name. Pat Harlow, Patriots. He he was actually a draft pick. Well, he didn't do nothing. Jerome Brown for the Eagles. That Jerome Brown card. Brent Jones, 49ers. Eugene Marv, linebacker for the Buccaneers. And the the only reason why I know all these players is because because of Tech Mobile. Kevin Green, linebacker for the Rams. Mike Singletary, linebacker Bears. That's actually not a bad draw for packs. I mean, I've got some names, but that's it. i got names. I don't got stars. I mean, there's no stars in this pack. That's the thing. You either got names, you got stars, or you just got nothing. So here's another Florentra. Let's see what I get. I got Jim Breach, Bengals place kicker. Melvin Branton, Broncos running back. And I believe he's the Melvin Branton. That play, yep, he's the one who played in Miami. Nick Lowry, Chiefs place kicker. Larry was a badass kicker. Rod Woodson, Steelers defensive back. Junior Seah, Chargers linebacker. John L. Williams, Seattle Seahawks. Dennis Gentry, Rams wide receiver. I mean, this is a really good pack of cards. Ricky Sanders, Redskins wide receiver. I mean, this is a really good pack. Charles Haley, an ultra all-star. 
number six of ten, probably worth nothing. Pat Swilling. Oh, a Tom Marinovich rookie card. Oh, that's awesome. Everson Walls, Giants defensive back. Oh, that's great. This is awesome. A freaking Tom Marinovich rookie card. I mean, this is great. This was a really good pack for Flair Ultra. I got, oh man. Can't wait to go post this on Facebook. Oh no, Twitter, I'm sorry. All right, we've got two more cards, two more packs. We got 91 NFL football upper deck. Upper deck would jump into the football market as they did with hockey because they had a hockey set in 1991 and they had baseball already. I don't think they got into basketball yet. Basketball was more like tops, NBA hoops at the time. I think Skybox came in. And Skybox was supposed to be the premium set. And I think they, I don't think Skybox isn't worth anything. There was also Fleur Ultras. Fleur, Fleur, I think, score maybe. But anyways, Upper Deck jumped in the football game. And this set fell flat on its face because the cards were overproduced because, well... That's just what they did. And these cards were such a breath of fresh air from the tops and score cards because tops had that cardboard smell. The only problem with upper deck cards is they tend to have a, a, a tendency to stick together. So my first card is a Michael Irvin. Not bad. Anthony Carter is my next card. Good, that's a good card there. Um, let's see, Gary Anderson. Checker for the Steelers. Another Mike Dumas rookie card. Jeff Lagerman again. Clyde Simmons for the Eagles. Freddie Joe Nunn. Also Keith Byers for the Eagles. Uh, Thurman Thomas and Dwayne Harper. That's actually not a bad pack, actually. I mean, I got some. I got some stars. I mean, Thurman was a Michael Irvin. Thurman Thomas. Now let's do the last pack. Guys, last pack. Let's see. My first card is a Chet Brooks. Played for the 49ers. Have no idea who he is. Uh, let's see. Paul Gruber. Andre Tippett, linebacker for the Patriots. Another Freddie Joe Nunn. Eugene Lockhart. Yep, this is going to be a bad pack of cards. Uh, let me see. Oh, Krishna Koye, the Nigerian Nightmare. Nick Lowry. Bobby Bear. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, rookie card. Aaron Craver. Running back, Fresno State. Bobby Humphrey. Bobby Humphrey has so much potential, but I think injuries got him. Let's see, I have two um, cards here. Let's see, I got an art card of Eric Metcalf. And Arrow Threats. Jim Everett to Henry Allard. Wow. So all in all, this wasn't too bad of a draw. Last few cards weren't too bad of a draw. So I can't complain there. I mean, this Tom Rambich rookie card was was worth the entire, was worth it all. So I doubt it's worth anything, but it's Tom Rambich, and I'm sure. I mean, I mean, he was the Tom Van Poppel of you know, to football cards. Because I remember when Tom Van Poppel came out. His rookie cards were like three. I mean, they were they were commanding big big money, and well, we don't know what happened there. I think Tom Van Pablo ended up pitching for the Pirates too. I think at one point. 
But anyways, guys, I'm going to end it here. Stay, stay healthy, stay safe, keep exercising, just do what you can, find stuff to do. I've got some ideas on my own of things I want to do, but, you know, just stay positive and let's hope we, you know, this month here, April is going to be a tough one and we're already in it already, but if we can get this, if we can um, get the worst behind us and let's hope we do it soon and maybe things will open up back up for us. Oh, well. Anyways, guys, have a great weekend. Elder Pitt.